It's good to be with you tonight, and uh, we're going to continue to worship the Lord, but do that by opening God's Word. So why don't you grab your Bibles and uh, go with me to the book of Lamentations, all right? Probably been a while since you've been in Lamentations. Uh, that book is right after Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. We're going to be in Lamentations chapter 3 uh, tonight. Uh, things are going to be just a little bit different tonight, okay? Uh, so I'm going to take just a few minutes, really, uh, here to kind of open up um, God's Word, preach this to you. And then I've got a big church update I want to share with you and, and apply this truth as we finish out this series on uh, transforming your thinking. All right, and, and it's been so crucial for us in this season knowing, uh, man, we got to lead and direct our emotions by making sure we're thinking about what is true. We're thinking biblically and what God says to us. Last week we saw the importance of, of preparing our minds for action in 1 Peter chapter 1 and, and also this encouragement of being sober-minded so that we would intentionally think about our hope in Christ. That's the things that we're supposed to be spending our brain power on is thinking about uh, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do tonight is look at some specific truths about God and who he is that's really going to anchor our hope. So we're thinking about our hope. One of the best ways to do that is really get our eyes on the Lord and start thinking about some of these specific truths because all of us are going to go through some moments or seasons where when we're struggling, I'm so grateful for Janelle kind of just being open and, and sharing. Sometimes we feel that. We've had weeks like that too. We, we know what that feels like. We're in the midst of this and, and, and sometimes when life is really hard and when it's difficult and when you don't know what to do, I want to give you Lamentations chapter 3, okay? Lamentations chapter 3 is a game changer. This is one of those, I've got this one starred, I've got this underlined, you're going to want to circle this, you're going to want to keep coming back to Lamentations chapter 3. This is going to be an encouragement for you, okay? So I'm going to really be focusing in on verses 21 through 24, but I want to get a little bit of a running start, okay? So if you're there with me, go to verse 19, uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19 is where we're going to start. Uh, the writer says this, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. You sense that, like, just emotion, and, 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 and it's just, he's, he's feeling this intensity uh, of these negative emotions, right? Just in kind of in turmoil here. And he says, verse 20, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. What I want to do is give you three reasons tonight. Just real quickly, we're going to look at these. Three, three reasons why this text is a game changer when life is hard. Here's uh, what we're going to look at first if you're taking notes. Note this. It's the game changing choice. There's a game changing choice there in verse 21. I want you to feel the, the, the contrast here. But, but in order to do that, you really got to understand the context, okay? So Lamentations is a book of lament. It's the most obvious thing I'm going to say to you tonight, okay? Uh, it, it is really trying to, what, what he's doing is he's, he's mourning and he's weeping, he's crying. He's just letting out the emotions that he's feeling because uh, God's people are mourning over the fall of Jerusalem, 
the, the, the people of Israel have experienced God's judgment now because of their sin, and they're starting to experience and reaping the consequences of their sin and experiencing loss and affliction and pain. And, and you just got to know, like, in, and when, when they pick up uh, this book and read, things are not good, okay? They're just feeling, they're having one of those weeks. This is, this is just a horrible time for them. But I love verse 21. He says, but... Sometimes it's necessary to remember that there's a contrast. Like, I get it. Life's a mess. Sometimes, even, even for those of us who follow Jesus, things get hard. But, but, that's not the end of the story. That for those of us who are in Christ, life can get dark, life can get challenging, but there's always a contrast. That's not the full picture, because there's always hope. And so, so look at it, what he says, verse 21. But this I call to mind. That is a game-changing choice. What, what, the, what the writer of Lamentations is doing is choosing to, to call to mind and remember who God is. Even though it's dark, even though it's hard, even though things are they're, they're really challenging, what, what he's saying is, listen, I, I am not just going to dwell on all of the suffering and the hardship. As easy as it is to see those things, and, and, and he's, not, he's already acknowledged them. He's not afraid of just kind of living in this space and being honest about all of this emotion and this, this turmoil that he's in. But he's, I'm not, I'm not just going to focus on that. I'm going to intentionally remember, and I'm going to think about the Lord. I'm telling you, when you are struggling, you're going to keep struggling as long as you just keep focusing on how hard your life is. You know what I'm saying? You've been there? You felt that? That, that when you're in the middle of something and you're, you know, it's, it's easy to just kind of dwell on that. But the more you just spend time in that and, and wallowing in it, you're, you're just going to continue to struggle with that. But, but the minute that you make the choice to turn your thoughts to the truth about who God is, it changes the whole ballgame. And so, so, so what I want to encourage you in, I'm, I'm like fighting for your hope right now. I want to encourage you to choose, make the choice to remember, to, to call to mind the things of the Lord. I want you to picture yourself um, rock climbing, okay? And by the way, I've got, a, I've got a pick. I debated whether to put this up here because I knew that even this, this picture is going to make some of you start to sweat right now. I don't know if you've, have, have any of you seen the Free Solo, the documentary? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, I, I was sweating the entire time I watched it. It was pretty awesome. This guy, uh, Alex Honnold, decided to uh, free solo climb El Capitan, which means he had no ropes while he was uh, doing. I, I see a bunch of you are like, nope, not doing that, not, not making that choice in life. That's probably a good life choice for you. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes I realize that, that, that in life we feel like we're climbing a mountain and suddenly we start to slip. And I want you to feel that angst because sometimes it's in those moments. That's, that's when you're like grasping for something to hold on to. You're like looking for a crevice to shove your hand in. And like I don't care if it breaks off. Like I'm, I'm shoving it in as hard as I can. And I want a foothold. I want, I want to find an anchor, something that I can kind of hold on to and, and, and rest in this. What I want to tell you is tonight, these, these footholds, these anchor points are the truths about God that will keep you from falling. Okay? So... 
This leads us to the second reason this text is a game changer when life is hard. Uh, note this. It's this game-changing truth. Okay? We're making a game-changing choice to call to mind and to remember and to think on some specific things about the Lord, the truth about who he is. And I love what he says, verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So what he's talking about, this is, this is God's uh, loyal, unfailing, faithful, covenant love. Sally Lloyd-Jones in her Jesus Storybook Bible for kids, I know it's for kids, but it's amazing. It's been an encouragement to us. She calls it her uh, God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. What that means is is no matter what, God will always love you. It never ceases. He's, he's never going to change his mind about you. He's never going to stop loving you because his love for you is not dependent on your performance. Because you're in the new covenant, in the blood of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus has done now, you don't have to earn it and you cannot lose it. God will never stop loving you. So please, in, in, when, when, when God lets you go through something that's really hard and it's, and it's really difficult, don't ever think that because God's allowing that into your life, it means that he doesn't love you. That is not true. It's not true. He loves you. He still loves you no matter what, even when, you, even when you're struggling with it. Even when you say something that you know you shouldn't have said, you do something that, that, that you know was wrong, uh, you, you don't respond in a way you, you know you should, even when you feel completely unlovable because of the way that you've acted. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. But it's not just his love. Look at it. His, his mercies Never come to an end. Man, because of, just praise God. Because of Jesus, we don't have to come under God's judgment. Instead, we receive his mercy, right? right that, that, but, but that word also means God's compassion. So what that means is that, that, that God feels when you're feeling. That he actually cares about you and, and what you're going through. Man, that's a game changer to know that, isn't it? That God loves you. And he cares about you. Whatever it is you're going through right now, whatever, what kind of week you've had, God knows that. He understands that. And he actually has this compassion where he's moving towards you. He is not, he's not cold. He's not unfeeling. He's not distant. He's not distracted. He, he's not uninvolved. He is with you. And he's good. And he loves you. And his mercies never come to an end. Then he says, verse 23, that those mercies, he says, they are new every morning. Think about this. You have never lived through a night where the morning did not come. Hasn't happened. And so every single time when you wake up in the morning, his mercies, it says, you experience this afresh again and again and again. So this, is, this is good news for those of you who are morning people, who, who wake up at like before 5 o'clock and you're just like ready to crush the day. I see you, Will. I, I know. Like some, some of us... By the way, this is also good news for those of you who possess that amazing skill to turn hit snooze while you're still asleep, and somehow you, you can just kind of go right through that. And, and uh, this is good news for all of us because there are times where you, you really don't want to have to get out of bed, but the day is coming, and his mercy is going to meet you there. Why? Well, it's because of what he says next. It leads him to say, great is your faithfulness. He will continue to be 
who he has always been to you. What an awesome truth. What, what that means is he's a solid rock to stand on. You can trust him. When, when we go through something really hard, when we're going through like change and uncertainty and all of those things, like those, you, you, you need something to rely on that will never change. Which is why it's such a, it's a game changer to think about and call to mind and make the choice to remember and dwell and meditate on the truth that, that, that he is faithful. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We're going to spend some time in the coming weeks really looking at that truth. I think it's going to be something we need to hold on to. But then he says this, verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Notice this is kind of interesting. He, he's verbally expressing his inner thoughts, his, his soul. What he's doing is he's biblically counseling himself. We kind of talked about that, the, the need at time and these emotions. I'm going to lead my emotions by thinking biblically. I want to think about what is true. I'm going to direct myself to focus on those things. He's kind of bringing that to the surface and he said the Lord is my portion amen no see here's the thing most of us are like I don't really know what that means does anybody know it I've I've seen like throughout scripture like we see this and it's a truth that we hold on to and yet a lot of times we read that and I'm like I don't really get that okay so so what what does he mean when when he says that God is our portion well well, the idea comes from the time when the uh, when, when they were dividing up the promised land among the tribes of Israel. Remember that? So they finally get into uh, uh, the, the promised land. They're, they're finally here. God said he was going to bring them here. He finally does. And then they got to divvy it up and see where everybody's going to live. And so they make sure that Benjamin's got some and, 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 and Gad and Issachar and all these, Zebulun, all, these, all the tribes are getting a, a portion, an allotment of land, except for one tribe. Do you remember who it was? The Levites. The Levites were the priests. They didn't get an allotment of land. Instead, they had to learn to depend on the Lord. In fact, Numbers chapter 18, verse 20, the Lord said to Aaron or the Levites, he said, you shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance. They were going to have to learn to completely depend on the Lord. They couldn't live off the land like some of the other tribes, because they didn't have it. But they got something better. God was their portion. And so when we read this, man, this is what an awesome truth this is, right? When we read that, the Lord is my portion, that's a poetic declaration that he is what I need. He is what I need. Man, sometimes when when we're struggling, you're, you're going to be tempted to think that you need something else. Like, I just, man, I just, man, if I could just get that job, get a different job, get a different boss. Man, like, like if, I, if I, I, need a, I need a new relationship or I need my circumstances to improve, I need, some, I need this to happen. Like, if, if I could just, no, no, no. The truth is, the Lord is my portion. He is what I need. I have everything I need because I have him. These truths are game-changing realities that, that lead us to this third and final response. Is this, this game-changing result. The, the game-changing result. Look at this, verse 24. He says, therefore, remember, whenever you see the word therefore, you ask the question, what's it? What's it there for? Well, well he's, been, he's been reminding you of all of these truths about who 
God is. And because of those things, if God really loves you, and his love is never going to end, and if he cares about you, if he has compassion, he understands what you're going through, and if God is faithful and he's trustworthy, and if he's really all that you need, then even when life is hard, therefore, I will hope in him. These truths are the, the, the footholds or the, the anchor points that, that you cling to and rest on when you're trying to climb, but it feels like you're slipping. But, but I want to encourage you with the truth. The truth is this. He's had you the whole time, okay? You're not free soloing. You are tied into Christ, and he is holding you up, and he is not going to let you fall. It's important for us to cling and hold on to those things and believe those things. But even when you're struggling to believe, he's got you. And so sometimes the Lord allows us to go through things because he's going to prove to us how much we do need him. In fact, one of, um, a few weeks ago I was up in Pennsylvania visiting my sister and uh, she had uh, drawn this picture out and, and put it out in front, um, right in front of where she was doing the dishes. And I saw it and I was like, man, we got to take a picture of that. Anything that makes me need God is a blessing then. Because the Lord is going to allow you to go through things, and all of us are going to experience this, where we're very much aware, God, I can't do this without you. I need you in this moment. And that's when he proves to us who he is. Proves that he is faithful. So what this means then is don't, don't dwell on your fears. Don't dwell on the frustrations. We make the choice. I'm going to make the choice to remember who God is. I'm going to think about the truth of who he is. And that will result in incredible hope. It just will. Father, I pray that you would do this work in us. I'm, I'm so grateful for this text. I'm thankful for the truths of it. Thankful for your reminders. And God, we've been thinking about this for the last few weeks and how necessary it is for us to, to transform our thinking, to have your spirit renew our minds. God, would you do that work in us? And we sense that there are times where we all need help. And Lord, those are the moments where you really show up and you prove to us you're a faithful God. You are good. And so, Lord, would you help us to meditate on that, think about it, dwell on the truth of who you are, so that we always know there is no reason to despair. There's no reason for us to fear, no reason for us to worry. You got this. That you love us. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You are our portion. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen.